Welcome to Never End the Story, a rewatch podcast where we watch the movies of our childhood along with Tepper, a grown man who's never seen them before. I'm your host, Ivan. I may answer to Shirley. I'm Shauna, and I'm here to remind you to holler back to your homeboy. I'm Spencer, and I was here in the nick of time. And I'm Tepper, and I'm very sad that the cold weather is here again. This week we'll be watching Wrongfully Accused, directed by Pat Proft, released in 1998. Leslie Nielsen actually appeared in a few episodes of the TV series The Fugitive in 1963, which inspired the Harrison Ford movie The Fugitive in 93, uh, which this film parodies. I brought this movie this week. Why? Um, so I'm a big fan of Leslie Nielsen movies. I've almost certainly not seen most of them, but I've probably seen the more culturally notable ones. That's not what I wanted to say. The ones that most people have seen, and some others. Uh, my dad's a big fan, so whenever he remembered the name of one, if we were like renting a movie or something, then we'd probably pick it up. So that's definitely where I've seen this, is a trip to the video store that shall not be named Shauna. Cherry Hill? <laughs> <laughs> That'd be the one. Um... Yeah, we we rented wrongfully accused, I do believe, once or maybe twice. It was a fun time. Like Airplane's probably a better movie, but I don't actually really know. <laughs> They're both very fun, so I'm looking forward to seeing this again. Very good times at Cherry Hill. Yep. Yep. For all your Leslie Nielsen and kayaking needs. And that's all you'll talk about it. Uh, does anyone else have a personal connection to this film? No, I've never seen it or heard of it until you brought it up. Um, I did get a gander at the movie poster, and as soon as I saw that poster, I knew exactly what movie it was parodying, and that's it. Yeah, I haven't seen this movie, obviously. Uh, actually, had, same as Shauna, I had never heard of it before either. Um... I've heard of The Fugitive. I've never watched The Fugitive, though. Ooh. I should probably change that at some point. Uh, Harrison Ford action movies tend to be, like, pretty fun from that era. Like, um... Yeah. What, what was the one where he was the president? And he kicks the dude out of the plane at the end? Spoilers, by the way. Clear and present danger? Was that what was it called? No. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> the Patriot. Wait. How many? No. How many? How many movies can we name that are incorrect? Um, yeah, I know it's not the Patriot. Um, yeah, I've seen an amount of Harrison Ford's action movies, but I don't think I've seen The Fugitive, and I don't think I've seen that one that you refer to. Oh, it's uh, it's great. Like at the end, he's like fighting the terrorist leader and the hold of the airplane and then like goes like get off my plane pulls the chute and kicks him out of the airplane breaking his neck it was pretty cool like you do yeah you know like presidents are you know ex-military i think he was ex-military in that movie anyway everything aside fun movie harrison ford solid you know uh solid actor uh what about yourself spencer have you heard of or seen this film nope not in the slightest Alright. Oh, I guess one other thing to mention is I didn't even realize there was a TV show that the movie was based on. Yeah. Yeah, from 63, so a whole 30 years before the movie. Damn. 
wonder how much how much episode did it have can't be that much four seasons what Mm. how do they how do they stretch that premise four seasons there's got to be more to it than what the movie has as a i mean they stretched 24 for like what eight seasons also you severely overestimate the quality of 70s television (laughs) (laughs) it was 63 to 67 not the 70s yet um well it was about said fugitive for the entire time because he was in the entire series 120 episodes damn also the narrator was in all episodes he's my favorite character we are now showing Tepper the poster for this movie. Please describe it and tell us what you think this film is about. <laughs> that fucking arm is, is real good. Um, that, that arm is what gave away what this movie was a parody of for me. Yeah. Uh, okay, so at the top in small text says, uh, Somewhere in the naked city lurks a one-armed, one-legged, one-eyed man responsible for the murder for which ryan harrison has been wrongfully accused to find him all ryan needs is a clue um (laughs) fucking picture (laughs) it's got it's got leslie nielsen (laughs) running in front of a train um i don't even know like how to describe the look on his face kind of bemused maybe uh would be right descriptor for it i think that's just idle leslie nielsen yeah yeah that that works too and he um in his in his arm like not his arm his hand is like a like a mannequin arm with a white plastic glove on it um i think the term you're looking for is prosthetic true yes very true um and then below that, it's in red text. Uh, Leslie Nielsen is wrongfully accused. Coming August 21st. Yeah. Um, for reference, this is the post, more or less the poster for The Fugitive. This is from, I believe this is a yeah. box cover. But Damn. Per- yeah, because I was going to say, I'm pretty sure I've seen a cover of The Fugitive, and it's a different one from this one. But like, Yeah, it, it has the same base image and text just not necessarily the same layout yeah for the most part uh... <laughs> yeah that that's a that's a good good parody uh, yeah image so we have film. harrison afford here running alongside a train exact same pose as leslie nielsen uh and the the text harrison ford is the fugitive and a murdered wife a one-armed man an obsessed detective the chase begins <laughs> Yeah, good, uh, good, very, very good uh, parody uh, image. That look on his face really sells the whole thing, I gotta say. On Leslie Nielsen's face? Yes. Yeah. This could just be a Mr. Magoo se- sequel. And, and you wouldn't the, know. The arm helps a lot, too. It's, it's quite the thing. <laughs> uh, I think you asked what I think this movie's about. Yeah. I mean, it does kind of actually just tell you on the poster. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so, 
takes place in the Naked City. Uh, there's a one-armed, one-legged, one-eyed man who was responsible for a murder. The main character's name is Ryan Harrison, uh, and he's been wrongfully accused. And uh, throughout a chunk of the movie, he's going to be looking for a clue so he could prove his innocence. All right. Bold theories. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I think this is one of my boldest ones yet. All right. We'll see you after the film. Shoot and gut every animal in the park. Their stomachs might contain something that could be a clue. Donate the meat to charity. Hides could be turned into warm socks for the poor. Grind up the bones for dog food. I want nothing wasted. And we're back. So, what did everyone think? Extremely underwhelmed. <laughs> I, uh... I didn't really like it. I didn't hate it. I just was, um... I was bored. For, for chunks of it. Mostly, um... A lot of the visual gags didn't really hit with me. Um, the dialogue, though, on the other hand, was almost across the board really good, I thought. Pretty clever uh, stuff, but like a lot of the visual stuff just um, didn't, didn't really work. Yeah, I couldn't say that I'm underwhelmed, because like, I haven't seen any of uh, his movies before, but like I, I've seen enough clips of them that I kind of knew what I was what I was in for like it it's very almost like Mel Brooks turned up a bit yeah yeah um like we saw uh top top secret was the last one we saw right uh John yeah those yeah. are the two we have seen on this podcast yeah uh overall I would say like I liked top secret more uh I I enjoyed the visual gags in top secret uh, a lot more, though I th- I think the dialogue in this movie is a bit better. Um, yeah, it just uh, yeah, like a lot of the visual gags, like like I'm gonna be like repeating myself a bunch probably this episode, but like yeah, just <sighs> I didn't laugh a lot <laughs> to say the least. Like, and for a comedy, uh, you know that's not exactly a good good sign. Um, and like I was thinking about like okay, like why isn't this movie really funny to me and i think part of it is is um a lot of the visual gags are almost too exaggerated for me um stuff like he comes out of the back of the van and his face is blue um his like it's almost like looney tunes ish in in parts uh which was like a little bit much for me and i think i think the other issue is is um the movie doesn't give enough time for the gags to sit uh and, and like for the audience to take them in like they, they move really really fast from like here's like 10 jokes in you know like 20 seconds um which can sometimes work really well um and like depending on the audience can be really funny but for me uh i didn't it didn't really give me enough time to really like appreciate the jokes or like it was just like okay here's a super brief joke five seconds later new joke so yeah so like i i also had that as a part of my note like almost every frame of that movie had something in it you were supposed to find humorous yeah and like some of it was like narratively centered and some of it was just like throwaway but like the the seconds in that movie where it's not expecting you to find something funny are rare 
Although, towards the end of the movie, it gets a lot less dense. There's very few moments in the movie that it it that you're not supposed to be laughing at it. Yeah. Um, and some of it focuses on the narrative, and some of it focuses on, like, it's just throwaway. But, yeah. um, like, there's almost nothing... There's almost no moments in the movie that you're not supposed to laugh at. Yeah, they they don't give like any time for like to let the jokes breathe. Like it just like keeps going and going and going and going. Yeah, for the and, most part. Yeah, actually, like John, you got any thoughts? Don't wanna. I've been talking for most of it so far. Uh, what do you think, Shauna? Um. Uh, so, I was expecting Zucker humor. So I kept looking in the background for a joke. There were no jokes in the background. All the jokes were in the foreground. Mm. There was... The newscaster was in the background, but it started in the foreground. Like, it did continue on in the background, but yeah, otherwise it is, like, entirely foreground. Yeah, and there were there was a lot more verbal humor than I'm used to in Leslie Nielsen movies, because mostly it's just gags, and the, the nah. any verbal humor is done very straight. And it's very brief, and it's mostly visual gags and background gags that really get you. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this was different, and yeah, a lot of the gags didn't land well. There were there were a lot that did for me, but a lot that didn't. It also that kissing scene. I had to look away, <laughs> like when her tongue came out of his ear. Like nope, nope. <laughs> Ivan, tell me when it's done. I had to look away. Body horror. Yeah, that was. You know what? That's the correct word. There was some body horror in this movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. For me, uh, the verbal gags across the board landed way, way better for me. Um, like I found for most of my notes are just me writing down various lines that like I thought were decently funny. Um, yours in adultery always like on the note and like yeah, <laughs> that's a bold, bold photo. Yeah, also, I'll kill myself. Uh, also, I'm out of, like, 2% milk. Could you pick some up? Um, I, I haven't seen enough of his other movies to, to really form, an, like, an informed opinion about this. But I definitely have seen The Fugitive. It was as a kid, so, like, I don't remember it incredibly well. Mm. But watching this movie, it they, they basically tried to do, like, a beat-for-beat parody of that story mm. i remember it pretty well and it, they pr- they lost a lot of it at the end okay like, true true there were that... there were key points they got but most of those key points were in the first half the later half just like went off the rails because uh, direction i started briefly interrupt but the scene where he's in the um uh, drainage deal. yeah that's that's from the yeah. future like i'm pretty sure i've yeah. seen like a still of that and also it's been endlessly parodied and like copied and like the whole shtick with him going to prison at the beginning and all that you know what i mean like yeah, yeah. you're right and though like the end is very into a hospital and that's kind of it those were the th- three main points in the fugitive was there a love interest with a complicated family no that i hope i hope that's the a love thing. interest is killed at yeah, the beginning yeah, but you can add another one that's the point of killing them <laughs> yeah if a love interest was killed at the beginning they're not a love interest yeah they're a plot interest um <laughs> into the fridge with you hopefully that absurd family tree is part of the four year run of the tv series <laughs> 
Anyway, yeah, I just wonder if this movie was possibly hamstrung by, like, trying to be a, a close parody of a specific movie. Whereas, like, the rest of his stuff is not, like, correct me if I'm wrong, but, like, the rest of his stuff is more, like, genre parody. Kinda, yeah. Uh, yeah. When, yes, we'll go with that. It's an acceptable definition. Like, it's it's a thriller parody. No, just like other movies. Oh, 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 so many references, yeah. Yeah, like his other movies are not spe- like specific parodies of another specific movie. It's like parodies of this type of movies or of a group of movies. So yep. like, obviously when you're doing that, you have a little bit more liberty with the situations you put yourself in. Whereas like, this was a parody of The Fugitive. So yeah. they like kind of had to hit certain beats and they didn't have right wiggle room yeah because mm-hmm. really a lot of this movie felt like it was like meat and skin built around a skeleton which was so we have to retell the fugitive yeah and like <laughs> i feel like sometimes parody movies and stuff like that like you have to do a good job with them and i mean like that goes for every movie but i feel like especially with parody movies because otherwise they fall into this trap of hey remember that good thing we're going to, like, basically copy a scene beat for beat and then, like, make it weird or try to make it funny. And if a parody movie fails at that, all it does is remind the audience of other good movies they could be watching instead of your movie. Um, like, uh, the Mission Impossible, because, yeah, I'm pretty sure that was a Mission Impossible parody where he comes into yes. the records room. Yeah. And it's like, okay, all right. I could be watching Mission Impossible instead of this movie and probably having a better time. Well, hey. and like, <laughs> it, it, it was weird, too, that, like, it was so clearly trying to be a parody of movie A, but then they were like, we got 20 minutes. Let's, like, parody four other movies. Yeah, because, like, and definitely, like, some parodies, like, one one of the parodies that I thought they did a pretty decent job on was uh, ending of uh, Usual Suspects. With the scene in the fishing shop, you guys Probably. know what I'm. You guys know what I'm referring I, to, right? Not, not at I all. I do not. Oh, okay. Um, hmm. <laughs> Forget I said that, and then maybe sometime go watch Usual Suspects. It's pretty good. Um, oh wow, that kind of took. Win- uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I did uh, really we'll get enjoy... back to this after we watch the Usual Suspects. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Anyway, so. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I was going to say, I really liked The Detective. I imagine that's quite a bit of a reference to whoever's chasing him in The Fugitive. Like, someone who just, like, knows all of these things and is just, like, really on the case but still can't catch up to Harrison Ford. Uh, Just, like, but his his gusto is just, like, collect every leaf in this forest. (laughs) Shoot and skin every animal. Yeah, that was my favorite. Like, shoot and gut every animal in the park that, like, goes through what to do with all the parts. I want no yeah. waste. Yeah. Um, in the apartment, uh, vacuum, clip, and suck. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, scoping the apartment, just like, it's like, this ivy needs watering. <laughs> I got spaghetti. Yeah. <laughs> it's hot, I think he says, or something like that. Um, Honestly, 
one of my favorite like little jokes like that came early in the movie when they arrest him for the first time and they're just like you have the right to remain silent anything uh can be used against you um one nation indivisible under god uh till <laughs> yeah. death till death do, do us part or something like that and like slap him on the back yeah uh the follow-up was the, the follow-up was pretty good too where it's like 12 12 of your dumb peers will find you guilty <laughs> it's as american as the burrito um uh i will say my the thing i remember most about this film and what part of the reason i wanted to watch it again is the train scene it it held up in my mind it's very dumb yeah it was all right like similar to a lot of other visual gags for me it, it it was definitely better than some of the other ones um like i enjoyed it a lot more than the uh like opening concert i i enjoyed i enjoyed the first half of the concert very well and then like it kept going but yeah <laughs> there's some good ones the 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 quiver of of violin bows yeah that that was decent um you know you know what? On this topic, I think that like my overall feeling on this movie is if I had to give it a one-liner is I wish that all the dialogue jokes were longer and all the physical jokes were shorter. Yeah. <laughs> Cuz like the train scene was good, went on twice as long as I felt like it needed to. All all the little one-off lines, I'm like, "No, you need to give that a second for that to sink in." Like that was a good bit of dialogue. Yeah. Um well, uh, one one parody that I actually didn't expect was they did a parody of North by Northwest. Uh, that was the um, crop duster in the cornfield scene. Oh yeah, like that. I didn't I didn't expect them of all the movies like they could have referenced. I didn't expect them to do that. They did Dirty Harry later on when he has like the gun, and that was like all right. Again, just reminded me I could be watching Dirty Harry instead. Um, yeah, that one's having... pretty short though. Yeah, that 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 one is like brief and decent. Like it's it it doesn't overstay its welcome, and um, like it does a pretty good, it does a decent twist on it where he just like shoots the branch, goes like oops, <laughs> finally you know drops it on the guy's head. Just uh, opening the kid's backpack and it is nothing but weapons. I was gonna say that was a good visual gag. <laughs> oh, well, especially because the kid just like carries on. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's like, the kid home. doesn't turn around and go, like, why are you stealing part of my gun collection? Like, the kid is just like, nah, like... Yeah. Well, he's also just walking home in the yeah. middle of a war zone. Poignant for for the suburbs of the U.S. Yeah. Um, uh, another great, like, verbal joke that I really liked was, uh, I like, I know about all, all about, like, your foot gun. Shoot yourself in the head if you say yes. And then just the girl, like... Don't. It's a trick. <laughs> like, like, the fact that she had to say that. Oh, man, that was good. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, I, I absolutely agree with, like, Spencer. Like, uh, a lot of... I, I think one of the... I, I think another big issue with a lot of the visual gags was they just went on too long. Like, they, yeah, they really overstayed like their welcome. Where they could have, like, if they had slowed them down... Like you know, um, and I'll, like cut them short a bit more. I think it would the movie would flow better. Um, I agree. Like with the uh, 
after the diaper van, like, the start of it with the blue face is a lot, but I do, I, the rest of that scene I like, and, like, especially just, like, going over to the magazine stand and establishing that he no longer smells because he just rubs a sample page on himself. Yeah, actually, that was, um... Oh. And just, like, all the flowers wilting. Yeah, I, I agree. That one started, I definitely, like, when he initially comes out of the van with the blue face, I was like, ugh. But... As the gag went on, I actually came to like it much better. Like, when he walks by, like, the guy on the ladder, and, like, everyone's, like, the car. Fucking, like, the, yeah. the car that breaks and everyone in the thing just ragdolls. Um, like, it had some good moments, but, like... Yeah. yeah. I also like the the perfect, uh, perfectly shaped scope on the foot gun. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so... Uh, uh, the previous topic brings me to another one of my notes, which was the, like, not rampant, but definitely present, really bad old CGI. Huh. You mean the bus falling off the cliff didn't... The didn't bus falling the off the cliff when his lips and nose stick to the glass, the blue face gag, like... To be fair, I, I would, I'd be willing to say that the bus is intentionally supposed to be poor. Yeah. Oh. For sure, but, like, follow me here. In addition to, like, obviously they're making a joke that it's, like, falling wrong, it still looks like it was a joke about a bus done falling wrong that was made on a 1995 computer. I mean, it was... Well, I know. <laughs> yeah. I know, and again, like, I, to, this is not me saying, like, shame on them. It's just, like, oh, it was really notable... The, yeah. Every time they use CGI, because it looks very dated. I feel like the blue face wasn't too bad. The the like extended lips were very bad, but yeah. even the blue face though, like he's normally more physically animated when he's doing bits, but you could tell that he was holding very still because they couldn't yeah, like that's fair. have it track that well. Yeah, I I agree with you. I I give a pass to the bus scene because I think like that one worked really well with the look of the technology yeah um the rest of the cgi though like i absolutely agree like it just eh. well and especially because like the rest of the movie doesn't look that dated honestly yeah, yeah well, no, it's because it... it's mo it's mostly practical effects so yeah well exactly like call. and and it it really stands out when yeah. they don't do that yeah well, as they said in the credits, the the budget for this movie was less than Michael Jordan makes in a year. Yeah, the after credits were fun. There's a lot of jokes in there. Yeah, do you guys mm. stick around to read some of them? No. I did not. Yeah, it's just peppered in through the credits were some joke credits that were mostly fun. Some of them didn't age well, but... Like, yeah. no, okay, Cosby's so... a great man? The boom operator, <laughs> pow operator, kaboom operator, just like... Uh, the specific one that does not age well is interns we allegedly had sex with. Oof. Oof. Yeah. <laughs> There's a list of them, though. Uh, there was one where it was just like, no cars or trucks were harmed during explosions in this movie. No. Spencer, I think you said, like, Bill Crosby is a good man or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. Sorry, I cut you off there, Sean. I thought you were done. Uh, no, those just like those are dinner menus, just like lunch for today, grilled cheese, five ninety nine, and just like listing foods and prices. 
<laughs> the director's favorite lunch on a cold rainy day is a grilled cheese sandwich with tomato soup. <laughs> nice. Yeah, lots of stuff. Just cute little lines. More, yeah. more, more decent, more good writing as this movie had overall. I did, I did enjoy the just like muting the TV and just terrifying the the news anchor. <laughs> yeah, her just existential dread. She played it very well. I really liked the situational gag where he's in the hallway and the guard's radio oh. comes on. Just look behind you. Oh no, yeah, no, behind you. Behind, and he looks around and knows and gets out like, oh, too late. Okay, Go move on to radiology. Yeah. That was, it was a fourth wall break, but oh my god, that was yeah. a really good one. Yeah, that that was good. Like, th- this movie definitely had, like, moments where it recaptured my attention. Like, uh, all the PA gags were pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. did you hear the one where... They go like Doctor So and So, So and So, So and So, So and So. Please report to the operating room to collect huge checks. Yeah, th- <laughs> those are the names of a lot of doctors from ER. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's good. Nice. Um, yeah, they. That's uh, something it shares with like airplane. Their uh, PA gags are very good. Yeah, yeah. Airplanes PA gags are awesome. Um, I really li- and like more of the of the detective. Just like when they're approaching the hospital, he's just like listing all of these things, and then like he's they it becomes apparent that they're walking in circles because he just has more to say. <laughs> it's, and then they just he looks at his clock. He's like, and it's three nineteen. Go. I I love when he like delivers random facts and then, yeah, like um, I don't I can't remember it word for word, but he goes like, there's like two thousand tiny hairs on a caterpillar. But, like, nothing's as slippery as uh, this Harrison guy or something like that. Like, I was like, damn, that's good. Yeah. Yeah, the, the detective was definitely, like, a standout. Oh, I found that quote. A caterpillar has 2,087 minute hairs on each leg, but for the life of me, I cannot tell why women keep falling for the wrong man. Yeah, 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 that, that was good. Yeah, yeah, his... Oh, I got spaghetti. Watch it. Plate could be hot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, also, I like after the caterpillar gag where he goes, like, I don't know why women are falling for the wrong man. His, like, male subordinate kind of, like, looks over and elbows the female one, like, yeah. explain to him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I don't have, like tons tons of notes for this movie like a lot of like like most of my notes are literally just like a fuck like funny verbal lines and the occasional um physical gag um oh sorry i actually was just looking over this stuff again uh you you oh like your sister yeah it's like a brother but you do each other's hair yes <laughs> that one was very good sean and i laugh for a solid minute yeah that one that one was uh the uh, the rock and a key gag was good too. Yes, um, the uh, l- like a brother, but you do each other's hair. That was one. That was one spot where I noted that it is actually there, like a solid like ten seconds or more before any more humor occurs. Like that joke is is stated, and then they just cut. There's a bit of like exposition. <laughs> it's like no humor. Yeah, um... the o- the only pause in the movie. It's, um, yeah, th- this movie, like, visually, except for the CGI, holds up well. 
Um, the acting across the board, like, hits all the right notes. Like, I don't, I don't have anything super, super critical to say about the movie. I mean, well, I guess I do, because I didn't really like it that, that much. Um, yeah, you've, you've made up, like, 65% of the critique on this entire podcast. Yeah. <laughs> uh... I don't have anything critical to say about it anymore. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I wouldn't necessarily just say it's like a bad movie across the board. I Like I could totally see, you know, people who really like physical gags watching this and having a really good time with it. Uh, if this is like their style of movie. Um, but like stylistically, it just didn't really line up with what I find really funny or like what I like to see in comedies personally. I feel like I need to watch this through the eyes of 13-year-old Spencer. Yeah. Like, I feel like I would have found this really funny in my, like, late preteens. Like, that that would have been, like, the prime, like, I get together with three or four of my friends and have a sleepover and watch this movie and be like, yeah, this is the height of humor. That is exactly how I saw Mr. Magoo, which is also a Leslie Nielsen movie. Yeah, yeah, that feels like the correct demographic this movie should be viewed from yeah no i i agree with that yeah yeah uh oh the i loved the uh lamp pull string night vision goggle (laughs) that that was that was a good visual gag and then it transitioned into a really weird the lights turn on and shove the night vision into his eyeballs. And he It's very yeah, it's <laughs> it's painful to look at bright things with night vision goggles, and this is their representation of that. Yeah, he just shoves off the goggles and the green is in his eyes in a very not well done CGI way. Yeah. One thing I don't know if this counts as a physical joke, but one thing that did make me laugh is when um at the beginning of the movie she takes the keys from him and drops them down her uh, chest and you, oh. you just hear like clanging metal sounds yeah. for like yeah. five seconds <laughs> and like because like that's another one where it pauses and like you actually hear like see him hearing the the sound and going like oh okay yeah. <laughs> and she's just like they're safe now it's like okay and they were never seen again yeah that was decent it's kind of where I expected this movie to land. I would, like it's I've only seen it once or maybe twice when I was much younger, but I still enjoy a Leslie Nielsen. Honestly, yeah, I feel like I would have enjoyed it more today if I had seen it as a thirteen year old. Like obviously my sense of humor still would have changed, but like I would have been like, Yeah, I remember liking this. Like I'm sure if I go watch Spaceballs today, it's gonna be like, Oh right. Okay. Spaceballs is great. I wonder if it holds up. I'll have to watch it again. Honestly, I I guess we can't watch it. I was going to suggest it, but apparently you've seen it. So. Uh, I've seen it. It's one of my favorite comedies. It holds up pretty well. Yeah, like I feel I feel like of all of them, like I feel like that one would hold up pretty pretty decent. Of like all of Mel Brooks, probably. Like, yeah. I mean, he's, he has a few that hold up pretty well still. Well, especially because, like, Star Wars stayed a thing, whereas, like, a lot of the other things that he parodied aren't things anymore. Like, we don't really make westerns very often. 
Mm. Not though, and, like, yeah, not the same way. Well, and like, I wonder with some of these parody movies, like, say someone had not ever seen any of the stuff they're parroting, how funny would they be? Like, I, I feel like, and maybe this is just like my personal nostalgic bias, but I feel like, I feel like Spaceballs would still be really, really funny, even if you don't know what they're parroting. Well, like, I know what this movie was parodying, and I don't think my knowledge of it made this movie funnier, because it didn't really make a joke about the movie it was parodying. It just used key points to drive the plot. Yeah. Although, I feel like there were a few parts where, if it wasn't making fun of this movie specifically, like, other action movies like it in general, where, like, some of the dialogue was very much so, like, we learned this, so we need to go do that. And they were, like, two things that didn't have anything to do with each other. But, like, it was the information they just got. And it was the next thing they needed to do to move the plot forward. But, like, it was just 15 seconds of characters not actually coming to reasonable conclusions. Just, like, being like, so, he's got t- size 12 feet. That means he must have gone to the mall. Let's go. And it's like, <laughs> he was at the mall. That is where you needed to go. <laughs> T-t-t-teppers. T-t-teppers tops. That's what I got. That's yeah. all I got. Deal we, with it. Clap, it. clap. Thank you. Thank you. Tepper, did you say clap and then clap? I sure <laughs> did. <laughs> Were you just like announcing what was about to happen? I'm going to leave that up to uh, listener interpretation. He's been wrongfully accused. Oh, that's another gag. He kept saying the title of the movie. <laughs> yeah. I've been wrong. He said wrongfully accused like four times. Yeah. I mean, the detective said it at the end. Yeah. It's like, yeah. On behalf of the United States or police department or whatever, like, you've been wrongfully accused. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I imagine Harrison Ford gets called a fugitive a few times in The Fugitive, but we'll never know. Yeah, it. All right. It has been enough of a while that I can't confirm that. Next time on <laughs> Never in the Story, we're watching The Fugitive. I was going to say, Tepper, have you seen The Fugitive? Because I definitely watched that movie when I was a kid. I, I have I have not seen it. We could do that. <laughs> <laughs> now that I'm thinking about it, I probably watched that movie when I was way too young to have watched that movie. I As watched it, was... it with my parents, so probably the same. Yeah. Well, I mean, me too, but like... That's how a lot of movies happen. Yeah, but like I watched it again when I was older, so. Mm. Mm. The fugitive expert over here. Not, <laughs> it's been an amount of years. Yes, but, but you have so much more <laughs> viewings than the rest of us. A hundred percent, at least. So, Tepper stops. Here we go. Where do I want to put this? Is this movie better than Air Bud? That's the real question. Airbud is a pillar of our cultural identity. It's not. It has one line that has made it a pillar and nothing else. <laughs> but like, not to mention, we all had to go through Airbuds 2 through 5, which changed us as a people. I've definitely only seen the first two. You know what's another animal movie I watched that I just remembered? The Shaggy Dog. Yep. That with uh, Tim, what what's his face? Alan. Yeah, that's it. Okay. Yeah. I don't. I'm unfamiliar with this movie. Is so. that not the 
Okay, I'm thinking of a different movie where he turns no. into a dog. No, no, no. That that's that's that, no, 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 you guys are thinking oh, about the is? same movie. Okay. Again, I haven't seen it. I was just guessing you wanted the name Alan after the name Tim. Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure there's two shaggy dogs. Like there's I'm just imagining all of our power rings coming into the middle for that conversation. <laughs> <laughs> our powers combined. We are vague knowledge of the movie Shaggy Dog. <laughs> but yes, you're right. The, the the Shaggy Dog with Tim Allen was a remake of an earlier film. Yeah. Pretty sure a my, similar premise. Yeah, because I'm pretty sure my parents own the like VHS of the OG. I assume in the original, That's a dog acronyms. voiced Tim Allen. <laughs> 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 Sorry, what? <laughs> I said I assume in the original, a, d- a dog voiced Tim Allen. <laughs> no, he would get turned into Tim Allen and learn valuable lessons about how great it is to be a dog. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but presumably the voice work would be done by the dog. <laughs> like, after the dog's like fourth or fifth day of shooting and dealing with press, he'd just be like, fuck this. <laughs> 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 just pet me and give me treats yeah exactly like i'd i'll, I'll go eat chicken bones out of this out of the trash <laughs> done with this shit um yeah okay so th- this this movie definitely was worth viewing Woo! Uh, basic victory <laughs> like i feel like yeah not like... watching <laughs> 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 yeah, just just viewing, no watching. Um, like I would have bought the headphones on the plane. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> Christ! Uh, is it better than Airbud? Uh, is it better than like Beetlejuice? Hmm. There's like a range of like five movies where I could basically put it in any spot. I'm not sure which one. Yeah, it's kind of what I was thinking, too. It's like, I'd put this above Warriors of Virtue, but I also probably wouldn't have put Warriors of Virtue quite that high. <laughs> you you wouldn't have, or you would have? Wouldn't have. No, yeah. like, down, like, a movie or two. Not yeah, Warriors of Virtue, like, I mean, the only reason it's as high as it is is because the villain was really good. And, and he's entertaining. been taken out. Yeah. Um, Dethroned. Because, like... Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was just boring. Beetlejuice I found pretty boring in parts. And I also didn't like Beetlejuice at all. Like the character. Never any story had good ideas, but poor execution. Uh, Airbud was pretty boring. We get it. But... You've, said, <laughs> you've said it like three times at Airbud. But you don't understand. <laughs> there was a dog and it knew and how to play clown. basketball. There was also a clown, it's true. And was he fatherless? Was that his angst? Uh, the kid? kid or the clown? Or the dog? The kid. I think yeah. the yeah. clown's angst was just that he was To a be clown. fair, all three of them were fatherless. Yeah. Uh, Wait, who's the third? <laughs> the dog. The dog, the clown, and the kid. None of, none of them had living fathers at the time of shooting. I mean, the cloud might have, but he probably didn't. Wait, the 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 actual humans or the characters? <laughs> you got me yes. confused there when you say the time of shooting. <laughs> Both. Was Airbud based on a true story? Kind of. 
it's kind of based on the true story of the actual dog who played Airbud. It's a whole thing. You'll you should listen to the episode. <laughs> or or read the wiki page. Yeah. Uh fuck, I don't know where to put this movie. Uh, <laughs> I guess Inside Clock Stoppers. That's kind of where I was actually thinking about putting it. Clock this Stoppers. This movie was much worse than Clock Stoppers. Hey now. Really? You're an all-star. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Spencer, I want to hear I want to hear your uh your reasoning for why is Clock Stoppers better than uh this movie? Stopping time. Blink-182. <laughs> um special effects. Um Nickelodeon. That's at least two negatives and maybe two positives. <laughs> um, hold I on, give me a sec. I agree with all of those points. <laughs> I related to the characters. <laughs> As humans. <laughs> weird. Okay, okay. Uh, good, good, good arguments, I guess. Look, I just want to say that no one in this movie rode a BMX bike while shooting paintballs. Ooh, that is that is a strong argument. So, like, how good can any movie be? <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, okay, compared boys. to such reckless hate. Yeah. Okay, uh, clock stoppers to the number one position. <laughs> uh, no, uh, definitely not. Um, any counter arguments to the reason why clock stoppers would be worse than this movie? None. I, just, I mean, the writing's definitely a lot better in this movie. Um, Oof. It's just, <laughs> that's just true. I derive more enjoyment per minute from Clockstoppers than from this movie. That is a reasonable statement. Okay, okay. Um, There's the bit with the possum. <laughs> <laughs> prosthetic leg gun and a man almost willing to shoot himself in the head with it to prove a point true true you don't get that kind of villainy in clock stoppers what (laughs) (laughs) the man literally captured someone and was draining his life using him as a slave to sell weapons to terrorists and (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> did it have any leg guns like they didn't they didn't belabor that point a whole lot but like it's definitely in there he gets visited by the nsa and they say give me your time machine and he goes i hear what you're saying but i have the time machine <laughs> uh i would say the characters are way better in this than clock stoppers there's very there other than mm. the crazy scientist. The crazy scientist is very solid in Clock Stoppers, but the hyper di- time, yes, hi- and hyper diaper time as we di- as we discussed on the episode. I forgot that that's what it was called. Fuck, same. It wasn't time. It you didn't stop time. You went really fast. Oh my! Except God. when it needed to cause plot holes. Yes. Or generate heat. <laughs> yeah. Okay. 
<laughs> Fuck. I, I mean, I was always a proponent of, I said, put this movie on top of Clockstoppers. I did not say above or below. Oh, no, no. Yeah, I yeah, say yeah. we merge them into one. And, and, and that was actually what I was just about to suggest. That's a terrible idea. Exactly. <laughs> Look, that's a very just, slippery Just slope. like Clockstoppers. <laughs> uh, uh, okay, so not troll stupid idea. Uh, put this movie in the 24 slot. All right, below Clockstoppers, above Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Because there was some, there's some very good, good arguments uh, for Clockstoppers being better than this movie. I think that this movie would lose to the second half of Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, but when you remember that that fucker's three hours long, you're like, oh yeah, all right. There's an intermission in Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, and that's part of my problem with like Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. It's like there's bits of it I like. But it's so fucking long. There's a whole bunch of bits that I don't like. The real issue is the intermission into the lullaby. Like, that really hurts it. That always hurt it when I was a child. It's just like, why is there a lullaby in the middle of this movie? They're trying to trick children into falling asleep. Yeah. Um, yeah. Number 24 slot. Wrongfully accused. Blow clock stoppers above Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Yeah, that's. I mean, I was outnumbered on this podcast, but I won't disagree with its placement. Uh, villain, we've got the. We have the good Hugh siblings, mother, daughter, grandmother, aunt. I'm not 100% sure where it lands. Yeah. Uh, Lauren and Hibbing. Yeah, um... Which is... Is that the right name? That's not the name that they use. They use Sean. Wait, who's... Oh, Hibbing was the husband who died. Sean is the one who's maybe related to Lauren somehow. Yeah, half a man. She states he's adopted. Yes, but also she states a lot of things. Yeah. (laughs) Like killing her identical mother who was a hermaphrodite because of penis envy. And born ten years, yes, born ten years apart, but identical. Um, except for the hermaphrodite part, you might assume for the reasons she stated. Uh, continuing the theme of this movie being slightly worse than Clockstoppers, I'll put this villain just below Henry Gates in the number thirty-three slot. It was actually really hard to keep track of who was the villain. I, I guess would... the whole movie was about finding out who the villain was. I mean, pretty early on, she's, like, in front of the cameras going, like, oh, we were having hot steaming sex, uh, and then he, she went and killed my husband. Like, yeah, well, I mean, like, the establishing shot of the crime was the two criminals standing over the body and over Leslie Nielsen. Yeah. So I feel like it wasn't that hard to keep track of. Yeah, like, it was pretty clear from the okay. outset that she was... Maybe I'm just bad at watching movies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, maybe you are. This movie did not make itself easy to watch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, now. Yeah, no, uh, Chana is correct. Um, yeah, yeah, so villains there. Uh, no business dads? Uh, not really. I mean, there was a not dad who was business and then died. I That's about it. would like to put forward a nomination that the sheriff... Because, like, I've never seen a dadlier figure <laughs> than the man who walks into the woods and tells you 
A, pick up every leaf. (laughs) (laughs) And also goes like, hmm, this looks like, I know he's six feet tall, which means he's got a four foot stride, so he could have gone ten miles that way. Like, that guy seemed deadly as fuck. (laughs) I would accept this premise if his two assistants were the children for Never in the Glory. Hmm. Mm. wonder what their names are. I had written down Gun Kid as a potential for Never in the Glory. That's who I was thinking of off the top of my head was Gun Kid. He does have a lot of guns. Yeah. <laughs> it's a I very short knives. role, but... yeah, you, you, Sergeant Tina yeah. Bagley and Sergeant Orondo. Yeah, in terms of Orondo. plot involvement, those two are definitely, like, way more relevant. I'm fine. Well, I'm fine with any choice here, like Gun Kid or those those two. Either one works for I me. Mean, they could always have Gun Kid as backup. True. Well, here's the tricky thing with Gun Kid: he delivers the weapons. He doesn't fire them, so he <laughs> will be an ally to somebody. But he's not really going to do well otherwise. Okay, so you know what? Let's. I guess so. Do we want to make uh, the sheriff a business dad, and then have the two? Lieutenant Fergus Falls. Because, like, like I, yeah, I'm done with that. I accept this. So how business versus dad is he? I feel like he's pretty dad. Like, he, like he, he hits a pretty good, like, middle point of, like, like he's business, but... I mean, his only, his only dadness is, uh, is during his business, so... Yeah. It's and like, very middle ground. He's pretty good at his business yeah not quite good enough but i mean and like how good of a dad is he he let he lets one of his kids almost get eaten by an anaconda in minnesota he knew they could deal with the it it builds character yeah exactly yeah i remember when i fought my first anaconda yeah strangled it like it was trying to strangle me That'll show him. <laughs> I'm the master strangler here. I bet those things have muscly fucking necks. I bet it would be really hard to strangle an anaconda. I would imagine so. It's definitely built for it more than you are. That's for How sure. do they even breathe? With their with their noses. Well, no, I mean... <laughs> oh, when so. they're I, swallowing? I, no, I, where are the lungs? Oh, they're long. Hmm. Go through the body. That's just an upsettingly simple answer. I have to admit, <laughs> <laughs> they're under under the eyelids. Like it's just one of those. Like this was one of life's mysteries to me. It's like, oh, they're long. You're like, oh, I, I guess, I guess that makes sense. <laughs> they can also shove their trachea out their mouth because that's how they breathe while they're swallowing something bigger than their head. This has been fugitive expert Shauna with anaconda facts. Um, I watched the documentary. <laughs> okay, so... Is there an anaconda in that movie? Yeah. In The Fugitive? Yeah. Not, no, oh, no oh. not in The Fugitive. <laughs> <laughs> it's because, because Ivan said fugitive expert Shauna with anaconda facts, like those, like her credentials had something to do with why we were getting anaconda facts over, and I'm like, oh, I think that was a bit in this movie. Well, I'm sure in the universe of The Fugitive, anacondas exist. And again, we had there are four seasons of a TV series that could have been pulled from. Who knows how many anacondas there may have been? <laughs> mm. Especially once you get to season four, like you're I just out probably, of ideas. 
set a reasonable upper limit. Like, how many episodes of the show are there? I wouldn't bet more than one anaconda per show. Uh, there are 120 episodes. Well, there you go. Like, less than or equal to 120 anacondas would be I can, my bet. I can confirm that there was not one anaconda in all episodes, because then it would have been credited as such. <laughs> <laughs> It would have been up there with with uh, the uh, actor and the narrator in all episodes. So, Lieutenant Business Dad. Yes. Okay. He's uh, I... very dad on the business, but he's super business. Yeah, I think put him in the uh, number fourteen slot. Right. Below anti-business dad from Beetlejuice and knocking yeah. out rotary business dad from the witches. Interesting. Just like right center. The center of the list is the most confusing area of the list. Because they're just both being neither. Alright. And then yeah. Let's add ourselves a Sergeant Arano and a S- Sergeant Tina Bag- Bagley. And gun kid. Yeah. Basically all reasonable children. Alright. Excellent stuff. Yeah, despite ragging on it for an hour, like I, I, I enjoyed it more than I thought I was going to, honestly. I enjoyed it less than I thought I would. Yeah, kind of same. I was hoping for something a little bit better. Which makes sense. We've seen more movies that are like this, so we have better things to compare it to. And, like, better movies, too. Like, I've seen Airplane, so... It's like exactly. compar- Comparing this to Airplane is, like, oof. Big oof. Major oof. <laughs> We're hip. With the kids. There's a reason I've seen this now twice, and Airplane uh, probably a dozen times. <laughs> Alright, well, like, I got nothing more to say. Do the ratings. I give this movie one eyed man, armed man, legged man. Out of anything? Out of two eyed man, armed leg. <laughs> Shit, I fucked that Nailed up. it. <laughs> dab. <laughs> Listeners, I've been actually dabbed right there. Dab on the haters. Are you, like, reading that off your hand? (laughs) (laughs) That's why you dab, so you can read it. (laughs) You just write it in the crook of your elbow. (laughs) I do this every day to remind myself. (laughs) (laughs) That would make a pretty funny tattoo. For like two more years. <laughs> then you just have to explain that tattoo to your kids. <laughs> Dad, what does dabbing on the haters mean? It's like, oh, son, your, your father is so stupid. And then you dab on them. You can never give in. Look at my kids hating. You, you must be the business dab. Uh, so that'll bring us to a Spencer rating. Yeah, I think... Mine is going to be, like, four out of ten 
non sequitur sex jokes. <laughs> Six out of nine. It was right there. Sorry, you're right. You blew it. I I did. So did the lady to that cigar, <laughs> and a bunch of other weird, like. Okay, Continue. You got it. <laughs> um, I give this movie like a two out of all the shot and gutted animals in the park. Turn them into socks. <laughs> give the meat to a food bank. Turn the bones into dog food. Can you imagine that I show up at a food bank and I go, "Hey, do you want eighty pounds of squirrel meat?" <laughs> <laughs> Because we're just trying to give this stuff away. Uh, I give this movie one Dirty Harry reference out of a normal kid's backpack. How many Dirty Harry references are in a normal kid's backpack? You'd be surprised. And as always, I've been your host, Ivan. I'm Shauna. I'm Spencer. And I'm Tepper. And a special thanks to 8-Bit Jazz for the use of our theme song. You can find them on YouTube or follow the link in the description.